1: Hey everybody, welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee and joining me in Southampton, England is our professor of Peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, today we are talking to curlers from the second African country that we have talked about on this episode. We are talking to two curlers from Kenya.
2: Yes, and we we found out about it because... Uh, Dean Roth was posting on Facebook um, live updates of them training for the first time in New Jersey. So we saw there was a story there.
1: Yep, and uh, it it really is. It's really incredible. There are two athletes from Kenya who have played professional soccer, professional rugby, and professional kabidi, and we'll get into what that sport is uh, with them as well. And one of them saw curling while on a trip playing rugby and decided to look more into it and then the next thing you know there's a curling federation in
2: kenya yeah and so i think it's going to be exciting to hear their story
1: all right we are joined by two members of the kenyan curling federation as well as dean roth from plainfield curling club our two kenyan curling federation members with us today are laventer oguta and hagai odiambo ogak who you said you go by Zuma, is that right?
3: Yes.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I know you guys are training there at Plainfield Curling Club in New Jersey. But the yes. the first question that we ask all of our guests, and it's just to try to get to know everybody, is could you let us know where you're from and what it was like growing up there?
3: Okay. Um, uh, I'm a They know me for, like, for Zuma. Uh, I stay in Nairobi, but um, I come, I stay in Nairobi, capital city of uh, of Kenya, but um, my, I have a village uh, where my grandparents are and uh, my elder people are, uh, it's called Ugenya in Siaya, back home, but I grew up in, in Nairobi at the capital city.
4: Uh, and me, I'm Laventa Oguta, uh, I grew up at some village called Kakimba in uh... Nyasa part of Kenya. It's a island. It's an island next to Uganda. Uh, That's where I grew up. I went to Nairobi when I was I was to the capital city when I was going to join my university and also venture into my sports.
1: Well, tell us a little bit more about Kenya and about Nairobi. Um, Most of our listeners are going to be from North America. They're probably very unfamiliar with Kenya. What would you want um, our listeners to know about Kenya and about your hometowns?
4: Uh, Kenya is peaceful, and we are very, very friendly people. Uh, We mostly speak Swahili, not English, because Swahili is our national language, so most people speak Swahili and English in the capital. But Kenya has 43 tribes that speak different languages. So, But uh, Nairobi has a lot of adventures that uh, people from outside would want to to see. You're very friendly and welcoming people.
3: Yes, yes. yes. And to add on that, um, I would like to tell people that um nairobi is the only um, capital city in the world that is is located into the national park so you can imagine uh the city that is in in a national park uh it's quite uh, impressive it's a beautiful scenery and uh, also there are different places uh we have um, different places in kenya like we have the coastal region we have the dryland uh, range, like uh Masai Mara, where people comes to go to safari. We have the Samburu. We have Masai. Uh, Masai. So we have many traditions that are the very beautiful to come and see.
2: So, and what what sports are popular in Kenya?
4: Uh, athletics mostly, because that is where we are in the roadmap. That's where we win medals, gold medals. So we are known for athletics, but also we are also good in different sports. Uh, we're good in rugby, football. We are trying. We are also good in a sport called kabaddi. So, and now we're going to be good in curling. So we are good in many sports, but it's a popular sport known in known that is our identity is athletics. All
1: right, I do want to know more about kabaddi because I did I googled you guys and kabaddi came up, and I know, I know this sport because so I have ESPN Plus because I see the pro Kabaddi league from India exactly. on, on my television. So it, I don't understand the rules. I've just, I've watched minutes of it and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. Can you explain Kabaddi to the people listening where it's popular and how, how it became popular in, in Kenya?
3: Okay. Um, Kabaddi is, uh, much, much, much popular in Kenya and, uh, uh now in Africa as a whole in Europe in Asia. But
4: even in America, even they, play in America they, play they play Kabadi.
3: Kabadi. So, uh, in Kenya, I think it's the th- third most popular game now. And uh, it's the game that brings, apart from soccer, doesn't bring medals. It's only rugby, athletics, and now kabaddi. Kabaddi has brought more medals than even soccer, I can say, within those few
4: years
3: we started, yeah. uh, so i can kabaddi is the most pop, uh, is the third popular game in in kenya and uh it originated in india kabaddi is a there are two types of kabaddi there is a uh circle kabaddi that is played outside uh where you can in the grass in a in a circular circumference with mean, the very big big people masculine and. Uh, uh, they don't have the jazzies their skin is the jazzies that because they play outside and uh the one that we are playing is a standard kabaddi uh, which will be soon be in Olympics, the Olympics. in the olympic so this is called standard kabaddi which is played indoor in, um, in a in a mostly indoor arena it can be played outside but it's known for the indoor arena like uh, the volleyball and all in a mat in a mat uh, in a mat like uh somehow it's like a taekwondo mat or it's so it, it has its own mat but it's a taekwondo and a special shoes just like uh curling has its own special shoes in kabaddi we have the shoes called mat shoes so it's you cannot play with other shoes but specific shoes for this because it's very thin at at the bottom and it has the they are the built for grip they are built with uh, some grip to grip into the mat. mat. So it has its own kits also, like just like curling, and uh, it's played seven aside. It's a game of revival, as you can see, and many many rules in it.
4: <laughs> yeah, so kabaddi is is played by seven aside. So each side take a raid i think after watching you always see a raider walks to other people one person goes to read many people like seven of them so that person is called a raider. so whenever he's reading is supposed to be counting for 30 seconds kabadi 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 that is a rule if you lose count you're out hmm. so if there's a touch and you be able to cross the middle line then you score a point so okay. they hold you in their court, their sides, then you don't cross, even with your finger. Then you lose a point to that team. So if their person was outside, they, they revive this person, it comes in. Then you go out. Then you side, you are less. So like that, like that, till you remove the other side, till they are all of them out. We call it all out. Then the team is added two points for taking the other people all out. Yeah, so it's sweet and tough. Very fast game. Yeah, you have to be very, very agile and, and strong.
0: I uh, kind of, when I was watching the videos, it kind of reminded me of dodgeball, but with yeah. people.
1: Yeah, with no ball, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then, LaVinter, you were also on the uh, Rugby Sevens team for yeah. Kenya, is that right? Can you tell us about your experience with that?
4: Yeah, um, my sport was really running and playing football because I come from a football family. Um, So because I was very fast, so I found myself playing rugby. Um, Rugby, I liked playing seven because I was very skinny to play 15s. 15s are a bit heavy. So I gained courage because of my speed. My coach told me that I have speed, I can play it. So I used to play wing. Then I went to play... I play jumper, I play second row, in 15th so I play second row, that was not easy for me. <laughs> but rugby has been very fun, I love rugby more than anything is because the rugby people, they know how to relate with their people, they are families, a big family, so I love rugby very much, apart from my knee injury that I got, uh, that removed me out to go to the Olympic. I would have been rugby Olympian, but I didn't make it because I got a uh, menisca and the CL. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that got me out of playing rugby. So I found myself again in curling. So now I belong to curling. <laughs>
1: it, it sounds like both of you just love sports and are willing to play basically anything where they keep scores. that sound about right for both of you?
4: Yeah, you know, like Kenyans, we are people that uh, like in uh, maybe, we are in third world, but there's people in like maybe Europe, America, they start sport at a very young age. I started playing rugby when I was in university, you know. So, and I made it to the national team. So, you can imagine if we have how passionate Kenyans are. Like, even if you ask Paul Tergert, when he start running, our legends, this didn't start running at 10 years, he started running at over 10 years, maybe when he was in high school. Many, many Kenya footballers. I mean, football, they can start at a young age because football is played in the slum. Everywhere, the ball, you can find people playing. But other sports, you get them in high school. Basketball, you meet basketball in high school. Uh, other sports, just meet them in high school when you go to high school. Rugby, you meet in high school. Not all high schools play rugby. Not all high schools do maybe running. There are schools that are known for for running, so they pursue it. So many, many Kenyan athletes, they don't start... Like right now we have a athlete called Ferdinand Omanyara. is the fastest man in Africa. He started running at twenty years. Hmm. He was a rugby player, but he started running at twenty years, but now he has made it. So we are very passionate people about sport. And uh, I think if sport is started in a good age in Kenya, I think we can be we can rule the world in sport. Yeah, so we love sport and maybe we lack too many sports to play. So whenever <laughs> we get a sport, we give it our best.
0: And and it was rugby that Led uh, Leventer to curling
4: exactly, so that,
2: that's a great story, yeah. So, so then, yeah, tell us how you got into curling then.
4: Yeah, I so saw when I traveled with rugby, I saw someone wearing uh Ireland curling, a tra- white track suit. So, oh, wow, yeah, that got me. I saw one person, then I just met another person, I think maybe they were from training or a championship somewhere. So, that got me to check to YouTube in 2015. So I checked and I just laughed and said, this game can't be played again. <laughs> it was funny because we didn't get to winter. So we sat and then also sat and also think, like, oh, I can see India's, they have very many sports that take them to Olympics. This other country, they have very, very many small, small sports. And I say, uh, what made what pushed me to do curling? Because how I used to share to people telling them, can we do this sport? They are telling me. Are you mad? We don't get winter. <laughs> so in our mind, we're only thinking about winter. But even in America, there's no winter all through. They have ice rinks to play the sport. The sport you know, played outside. Like today, is snowing. It's not played in the snow. You know. So our mind was just that this is a winter Olympic sport. How is it in Kenya? You don't get winter. We didn't know that people play this game in. Even me myself, it got to me. I think 2020. It's when I say, oh, this sport is played inside. It's not, it's not <laughs> in, in the snow. snow. So that is what also pushed me to make it happen now because I see, and also because we have an hotel in Kenya called Panari Hotel. Panari has ice rink. So in our mind, we see, oh, we can play it at Panari. Then again, Panari is a small ice rink. It's not the length of curling. Mm.
2: Mm.
4: Yeah, but Mr. Dean advised that it's better to do it there than, it's better than nothing.
0: I think it's about 120 feet long. Okay. So you know you, you can you can at least learn how to slide. You may not be able to get in your weight, but you can uh, you, you can learn the aspects of the
2: game there. Yeah, skills. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: yeah. So we shared with a guy, and a guy pushed me, said, "Let's try this sport. Let's also because you see, in everybody's dream is to become an Olympian, and curling we see even at 50, years, there's a team for over 50." So I can become Olympian at fifty. You see,
3: mm-hmm. so
4: because yeah, curling has given everybody opportunity to play because they are all age grades, old and young and mixed and everybody. So you, if if you can play with a guy a guy mixed doubles, we're sure of going to Olympic if we qualify, men and women and the singles. So this has really pushed us also to add Kenya, another sport that can. That Kenya can win a gold medal, though Canada looks very strong in America, and they look they look very good. Mm-hmm. If you see them play, they they have everything, target everything. If you play, you ask yourself, which stone are you throwing, and which stone are they throwing? They are very accurate. Oh, they are wearing different shoes. Yeah, they're in very <laughs> different, <laughs> different shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they slide so low. They concentrate. Their focus is like sharpshooters. They can send a missile, they send this no stone like a missile. They go dip. if they say it's going to hit the middle one, they hit. So we pray to get there. We are five days old, and we are praying that we get to where Canada and America is.
2: So, so your first time curling was five days ago, Monday night. Monday
4: night, last Monday.
2: Okay, so so step back, but just before that, so so how did you get to New Jersey? Like, what, what brought you over initially, or how did you contact Dean or the Plainfield Curling Club?
4: Yeah, because you see, like from twenty nineteen, we put up the office registration and everything, so we were stuck. In twenty twenty, we got the equipment from World Federation, World Curling Federation, that came when uh, our thing, everything was shut down. The sport in Kenya was shut down. There were no mm-hmm. sports. So even the ice rink at the hotel was closed. There was a road being built next to the hotel that forced the hotel to close down because nobody wanted to get themselves that traffic. So hotel was not functioning. So hotel closed. And again, also this restriction, the ice rink is small, but now the government are saying maybe people accessing should be like 15. Kenya calling, we have no money to make the hotel now, make the ice rink running that we pay them we cannot rent it so that the ice can be running, that we will pay. So it's something that tell thinks that if they open the ice ring, they're going to make losses. So they tell they're not still not ready to open the ice ring. They don't know when. Mm. So I went online checking just that, like I met calling online. I also said, okay, let's try and find from other Culling families who are ready to work with our supporters and also be able to learn so that we can get to World Championship, because curling is a qualifying match, qualifying game that you have to qualify, earn points, and go to the next level. So, like, I've been also writing, can we be in this championship? We are told, oh, no, you are in B. You are still not elite, like Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so this has been also discouraging. So, one morning, I was just Googling, and I saw Plainfield Curling Club. I saw register. I wrote to Register Curling Club. They didn't reply to me. So I wrote to Plainfield Calling Club. I got a reply like in one
2: minute.
4: <laughs> Just checking, the reply was there that I wrote a long text message, then didn't replied in email and say let me contact my club and see how we can help you. And that is how the conversation started. It was quick and fast.
0: It was a Facebook message. Yeah. Wow.
4: So- God, God, really, I don't know why, maybe Dean, oh, in my country, it was very early in the morning. Here it was late night. So I think maybe he was from his club and just went to his computer to check something before he goes to bed. Then that is how it, it went through. And Dean told me to, don't worry. This can can happen. Uh, let's try it work. We wanted to come with all athletes, but it was expensive for him. Then he asked if we can come too. He also tried to understand, you see, it's not about, like, even me when I was coming, we didn't have them. We said culling is very easy. Culling is very easy. <laughs> you were in the club there we were just saying culling is very easy because we were there for, like, two days before we got to,
0: to yeah. ice. We, we had a, uh, a bond spiel going uh, mm. when they arrived, and I suggested they arrive a couple of days before we could get them on the ice so they could acclimate to the time zone change and, and uh, get used to the fact that our uh, 23 degrees is Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, we, uh, I had them down at the club, uh, watching games on the, in the Bond spiel and they were saying, oh yeah, this is, this is, we had this is good. Dinner. We this.
4: Everything was good. We were seeing even old people playing is if they can do it, why not us? So until we got curling shoes, we're still saying it's easy. <laughs> we didn't know these things that we have the spin in the ice. We
2: didn't
4: yeah. know. <laughs> we some gripper to wear. So when we were told remove this, we didn't know <laughs> what about it. We just <laughs> wear it to protect them. So we wore the the gripper. So we were told when we go to the ice now remove. That's when we was <laughs> <a busy day.
3: laughs>
4: down all the time. Then oh said, no! <laughs> Where are we? It's not even the cold. You we fell many times. I wish you could watch the video. So I was following Dennis asking when you are down. Are you okay? Are you okay? Then he picks us up. Then again, you start. Then you go down.
1: Yep.
4: So it's not what we think. It's not the energy. It's not the fitness. It's not... It's also mental strength. To be able to stand, the balancing. Mm-hmm. We have everything. We have fitness. If you ask me now to run, I can run. Maybe I can chase Bolt. But in ice, in ice rink there, the balancing, the technique. So those small, small things. We are picking. We are still far from it, but uh, at least now we know what it takes to be nice. We even advise people back home. It's not what we see on YouTube. It is
2: very, very different.
1: Well, I guarantee <laughs> yeah, you, you did not fall as many times as I did my first time curling. I guarantee you I fell more times than you did. So,
4: so- yeah, I fell, but Dean said I, I have a good technique of falling, so it's a fall that you don't get hurt. You know I'm a rugby player, so right. I fall with my, not with my Joints and everything, so I don't put weight. So you fall, dive, and start again. So at least now the falling has reduced. I can get the ice ring without falling. So I thank God. Yesterday I fell once. I think yeah, once yesterday. The
0: uh, the biggest improvement that I've seen uh, has been the fear is gone now. Mm-hmm. Because when they when they first put the shoes on, it was in the brooms up trailer with uh, Gary had come down with uh, <laughs> with his trailer to the Bonspiel, and they put the foot with the slider down on the carpet, and it was like whoa. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then when we got them on the ice, they were absolutely petrified, and and were just shuffling the feet and leaning on a leaning on a broom. They moving around on the ice was was just something that that they were absolutely afraid of. They wouldn't admit it, but I could see it yeah. in their eyes. All right now, they're coming up and down the the, uh, the rink on the slider, and it's like. They've acclimated to it and the fear is gone. And once the fear is gone, then the balance can come.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Tell me a little bit more about the hotel in Kenya, because it sounds like, so they had an ice rink. It's only 120 feet, whatever. So you had equipment and stones delivered to Kenya and then the rink shut down due to the pandemic. Is that basically... Uh,
0: the
4: rink, uh, when the equipments were being sent, even the wild were really concerned because... They said the stones, there is some temperature
2: mm-hmm. that
4: they're supposed to be stored. Mm-hmm. That they also ask us if this hotel will guarantee, will give us a store next to the ice where the stones can be can maintain the same temperature. Mm-hmm. We were not mm-hmm. understanding this till Mr. Dean explained. Or they also wanted to send somebody down to come and help us understand how ice uh, ice rink for culling is prepared. So when we received our equipment, this guy could not come and the hotel was, was still shut down. Mm. So even then, they got disappointed, but they had nothing to do. So we say, you okay, can instead of, because it was millions of money, those equipment costed a lot of money, even shipping was and tax and everything. It was a lot of money that uh, uh, world calling used to, to ship those equipment. So we said, what can we do now? Uh, that's why we started contacting people at least because even our National Olympic Committee gave us some six months membership so that we could at least, they, they are demanding to see the activities going on because a sport cannot just be registered in books, but there's no activity. A sport is the activities. Mm. We can't have activities locally because the hotel is shut. What do we do? So that pressure also, we say we have to start doing something. We have people who are ready, like millions of Kenyans want to join curling and play the mentality that this sport is the easiest one.
2: <laughs>
4: see? So And they have nowhere to play. So we've been playing flockerling. We play flockerling a lot. If you go to our page, you'll see mm-hmm. men and women mm-hmm. playing flockerling. But flockerling, you know, it has wheels. It's just like riding a bike. Yeah. Even riding a bike, you struggle. This one, you just throw it. It goes as long as you have a smooth flock. It goes. So it's totally different from what Floor curling. I don't think you need a technique. You don't need a sliding technique to, to throw a floor curling. As long as you are accurate, you can throw it. So that's why that was got us to New Jersey, where we now found a home at uh, Plainfield Curling Club through Dean. And uh, uh, many people have come to our many elite have come to our support, coaches to support us and coaches. They have taken their time out of work to come and support. And all is good for us. We also asking for more people. To be able to do it for other countries also, that people can grow. Because what Dean has done, not everybody wants to do it. Not everybody, want. even our National Olympic Committee would not do it for us. So, and he did it. Mm-hmm. We asked for support to be able to take a team somewhere to train, and nobody could support. So, he's a stranger to us. We just talked to him on, we saw him last on twenty 20th. 20th January. That's when we met Dean for the first time. Even we never saw Dean's photo.
0: And, <laughs> and we that,
4: were just talking.
0: And that's even a good story as to when we met for the first time because I went to pick him up at JFK, uh, and their flight landed. And twenty minutes passes, forty minutes passes, an hour passes, and my phone rings with a uh, with with a a blocked number. And I said, "All right, let me answer it." And it was the first time I'd ever gotten a phone call from Immigration and Border Security. Uh, and the guy identified himself, and I said, I, I, "I'm guessing you have a couple of Kenyans with you." And he said, "Yes. Why are they here?" And I said, well, <laughs> they, they, "They've come to learn how to curl." Right. Where? And I said, "Well, at our at our facility in in New Jersey." And, and what kind of facility is that? It's a curling club. Major <laughs> Olympic sport. Like with rocks and brooms. Oh, yeah, I've seen it on TV. Okay. And they're going to learn to curl from Kenya. And I said, yes. He said, How long are they staying? He said, they'll be here about a month. It's like, okay, paperwork matches. You'll see them in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I guess there was a little bit of a disconnect there. and uh, Yeah.
3: They can't imagine Kenya playing <laughs> curling.
4: Yeah, it was not easy to get here, so we thank God. And uh, we are looking.
1: <laughs> Just wait until you try to get curling shoes through TSA security, because that is an experience.
4: <laughs> yeah, some guy at the club said that when you're walking, he used to get the same problems, but he used to walk with his broom and the shoe. So when they ask about curling, he gives them, I play curling, and he gives yeah. them photos.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
4: So it was, was, was difficult to get here, but we uh, thank God we are now uh, one week and some days old here. And that's been an awesome experience.
1: Tell us a little more about the floor curling, because I know the Nigerian Federation was going to host an African floor curling championship in December that wound up getting postponed due to the pandemic. Has that allowed you guys to get a lot of people out to come try it in Kenya?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got many people to, we would go to that Nigerian curling, uh, floor curling if it was not postponed. Uh, because we have also other countries that are coming. We have like Gambia, Senegal, South Africa. They're also trying to come in so that uh yeah, we would go. But I don't think these other countries have the flow culling equipment. But Nigeria offered to support them with the flow culling equipment. But uh flow culling and ice culling are different <laughs> thing. Totally different thing. So even investing in flow culling. I think floor curling is just like chess entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then yeah. ice curling is the
0: real thing. So, have you had a lot of people come out to try the floor curling?
4: Yeah, many people. Even now, we want to take it for, to schools, to some schools, oh, so that uh, floor curling is used to demonstrate curling. not. Sort of, it's not. Yeah, it's used to demonstrate curling. So, whenever you walk to maybe a, a institution, you can show them this is curling played in ice, but we can use this to demonstrate curling. That's why we use flow curling, yeah. But now we want to use the flow curling equipment that we have to go to schools and introduce curling to those schools so that uh, once the hotel is open, they can be going to the hotel to play.
1: Uh, Zuma, can you tell us just how, how you got recruited into curling and what how your experience has been on the ice so far?
3: Okay, yeah. Um... When LaVenta told me about uh, this curling, uh, about curling, uh, I went on and uh, checked out on YouTube. And um, I told her, for the first time, I, I got uh, surprised. Like, uh, she was telling me, can we do this here in Kenya? And uh, she told me, there is a game I want us to do. And I told her, which game? Because, you know, you cannot think even a winter sport. And then she told me curling. So I didn't even focus on what she's saying, because in mostly in African countries, we only invest in popular sports, you know, and sports that people know, rugby, athletics, and uh, kabaddi, the sports that has a lot of fan base, so those are the games that people like, so she told me, oh, there's this game uh, called curling, and it's a winter sport, and I was like laughing, and I say, winter sport, okay, I, and I went home, and then uh, I went on YouTube, I saw different types of curling, and then I asked her again, you said curling, the, uh, curling like a, curling with, a, with the ice rink curling? And then she said, yes, we can do that. <laughs> and then I just laughed, and then she, uh, I went uh, after training, about it, and then she said, yeah, I'm serious about it. And then I said, okay, I'm in. And then I went on to check... Uh, on youtube and then i found out oh it's possible uh, when i heard about uh we can do it at the hotel and then i got the interest and now i started pushing her like yeah try to see the ways uh legal ways how uh, we can do it then uh i was quite impressive when she got the uh at least the go ahead from the government uh, go ahead from the world calling you know in kenya you cannot run anything that is illegal so you had to register all the stuff and uh, get uh, get everything correctly and uh, from the world and uh, from the olympic committee also because curling is in olympics so you cannot look you, you are not allowed to do if it's not in the olympic committee i was surprised that the olympic committee was also amazed with what she was doing so uh, i got the interest and uh, and also something that got me into that it doesn't have um, an age limit. It has a different category than other this sport. Active sport you cannot play when you're, like kabaddi. Kabaddi you can play maybe forty, fifty depends.
4: Fifty, no <laughs> fifty. you are <want>, dead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be breaking your bones. Maybe like a coach.
4: Yeah, yeah, like a coach. Kabaddi at least thirty-five. If it's too much,
3: yes, yeah. Uh, So I said, yeah, I can um, retire in Kabaddi and continue with my sporting journey, the curling. (laughs) So I got much interest in curling, and uh, uh, now we are here. Um, My first time at the ice, I was like, uh, it got me back to my senses and told myself, now this is the real thing. The challenge has just begun. Uh, It was not now just uh, normal talk, but now it's work. It's uh, it's not not (laughs) now (laughs) watching YouTube. It's it's now actual work. So uh, it was challenging. It was challenging uh, stepping on the sliding ice, trying to balance it out, falling down like a newborn calf. Uh, (laughs) But um, with the help of uh, coaches and Dean and everyone I really congratulate, uh, appreciate them and give them thanks because it's not easy to be patient like that. It's, it's like they are used with to With old you.
4: people, you see, you can be patient with children. So <laughs> you can be patient with children, grown but grown adults. But grown <laughs> adults,
3: sometimes it's, it's, it becomes difficult. But I really, I'm really i really humbled that they are patient with us and uh, they are giving their best for us to learn this culling game. I just want to jump in for a minute and and mention
0: how extraordinary I think that the journey really has been for essentially one lone individual to discover this sport and then convince their government and their Olympic committee to recognize them and create a federation where you know you don't have any facilities or any players.
2: Uh, And then to
0: turn around and take that and petition the World Curling Federation to recognize the Kenya uh, Curling Federation, which they did in 2019. So, you know, it, this has basically been a one person show and, and it's been Leventer doing that. And it's just extraordinary that she's put in that much effort. And I, when they reached out to, to ask if they could train at our facility, you know, the first thing I did was I took a look on the WCF website to see if they were a recognized, uh, recognized federation or association, because if they weren't, then that's two years worth of paperwork that they got to go through before they can ever play, mm. you know? And the fact that she had gotten that before anybody in her country had ever thrown a stone, <laughs> it, just,
2: it, just, it just boggled my mind.
4: Yeah. And yeah. we have stones in the store.
2: So you're ready to go when the rink open. So we've had a few other emerging countries on the podcast before, but so we've kind of picked up from them that step one's getting recognized by the WCF, but then you have to enter a couple of international championships to yeah to get full. So is that your next goal then, is to try to enter some kind of WCF event and, and which ones are you targeting?
4: Yeah, uh, because we are working with Mr. Dean who is also experienced. He understands how World Curling works, is now guiding us through. So he knows which championship is matters more for us to start earning these points. So Mr. Dean told us to target at the Pan-Continental. Mm-hmm. That is the main one. Uh, and also we are now because we need to get better we are not just going to present in the Pancontinental we need some, at least some training and some matches we get the match fitness because just two of us have received training and we need other three men and other three women to be or four to be mm. in the championship so Miss Adin also there's a, a, a championship that is going to in Canada I don't know how to pronounce the the city
0: but uh, Neither do
4: I. <laughs> sangueros do something, I don't know. Maybe neither somebody French can pronounce it. Yeah. So it's in August that we also try to, to try to get fans to be able to take our teams to participate there, to get the feel, what I used to take. Because you see, I almost lost hope in the first training. But it's not for these professional people. <laughs> they encouraged me because... So something that I could stand, the cold, you see, the yeah. shoes balancing, the everything. They're telling me you balance when you are one shoe, are one side. If you are right, you balance on your left. So you can imagine. So this thing, uh, the mental, we need to get the players to get to test before we can go to a championship.
0: Obviously, the WCF events are the goal. And you have the mixed doubles qualifier and you have the uh, Pan-Continental, which has replaced the, the Pack asian Uh, Mm -hmm. event. And, uh, that's been supposedly scheduled in November, but there hasn't been a host city announced yet. So, uh, you know, that with the number of events that have been canceled and rescheduled over the last year and a half, you know, you can't really make any firm plans about it. Um, but we would like to have these guys do the men's and the women's in the uh, pan continental, um, mixed doubles is a secondary uh, goal for us um, simply from the point of view that that's a whole other set of rules and skills to learn
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I think it would be much more straightforward to go for the traditional fours uh, and depending on on what happens with putting the larger team together with just 10 athletes you can do a men's, a women's, a mixed and a mixed doubles and, and that would at that point be what you can get funded and and what you can travel to and what you can get the entry fees to and what works on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to create a full program and compete at all levels, seniors, juniors, wheelchair, uh, and, and have this become a lifetime sport for people in Kenya. But first we need to start and take the baby steps.
2: Has. So another question. So like a lot of um, a lot of, again, emerging federations, what they tend to do is reach out to expats in curling countries. Right. So has there been any thought of reaching out to the Kenyan community in Canada or the U.S. to help form a team and see if there's experienced uh, curlers or a Kenyan background there?
0: We have reached out.
2: And we haven't found any yet. I, actually, uh,
0: LaVenter's been leaving that portion of it to me because I've got the connections <laughs> there. And, you know, through the Facebook groups like Business of Curling and, uh, you know, through podcasts like this, yeah. <laughs> you know, we would say, yes, if there's anybody, you know, there's a large Kenyan community in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. There's a large Kenyan community in Canada. And if any of them are curlers, call us. You know, send me an email to, to CurlNYC at, at gmail.com. You know, go on the Kenyan Curling Federation web, uh, Facebook page and say, hey, I'm a curler. This is my club. How do I get on the team?
4: Yeah.
1: So, Leventer, how many athletes have you recruited so far? I know it's just the two of you right now training in playing field, but between your recruiting efforts and the floor curling, how many people do you have, you know, ready to go, ready to, to learn how to curl and eventually represent Kenya so far?
4: Uh, roughly, there are very many people playing um, floor culling, but like I've said, it's totally different. And in culling, you can't judge somebody by its uh, physical appearance, uh, strength, and everything. It's uh, here, it's in the brain. So maybe you think somebody tall and masculine can do it. It's totally different. So Dean has also shared with me some basic trainings of of curling, of ice. So we are getting back home and to do it. And also we're going to do some tests, like maybe get somebody to ice bath for three minutes and see (laughs) (laughs) if they can stand that cold. So we can see this. Mental fitness. We want mental (laughs) fitness first. It's not physical. So that from there, we can choose at least the, the 10 past 10 people. But we have like um, serious people. We have like 200 oh, wow. that we have registered. Wow. That have registered under a federation. We have 200. We have oh, like um, 30 juniors. So with no activities going on, but yeah. people have, have registered. So we are looking forward. Uh, the only challenge that is going to be there is that, that we have to look for people from the uh, how would we call them? Rich people in Nairobi because they can uh, be able to take their children to train at Panari because Panari is uh, $11, $11 um,
0: an, hour.
4: an hour. An hour, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, any local Kenyan, any local, because we have many youths in Kenya who are just idols. Some have just finished high school, no money to go to college, some have finished university, there's no work. So once a Kenyan gets somewhere just to get busy, they always adapt there because that's now their family, just keeping them busy. They're out of many, many things. So it's very difficult for a Kenyan that has no, has no job to commute from another part to go to train like here. Dean comes from work from another end, uh, drives for 40 minutes to go to the club to, to train. But now it's difficult in Africa. It can't happen like that because you need transport. Transport maybe would be like two dollars, three dollars hmm. to get there. And again, pay for a thousand, pay for like eleven dollars. That is going maybe to but uh, but training is going to be like fifteen dollars every training session. That needs somebody that is working. So again, here uh, the kind of players that we have is going to limit them on training at Panari. So here also I also have to come up with. Like I have to have a sponsor that can commit maybe two days a week or three days a week that the, the national team can get the chance to play. But we can also get international schools that can pay for the ice rink for the athletes. So our national team players can also train as they train these schools. That is our main idea because we can't afford it. So mm-hmm. once we get to the national uh, international uh schools, like we have French, French school, we have German school, we have very many we have uh, british system in, in my country so if we get those schools to play curling then it's going to be very cheap for us during that training we can also have even if it's 30 or 45 minutes to just do our skills so that is our main plan because we can't afford it at the moment so that is how we want to go if we are lucky to get these schools to play curling then we are going to get the chance also to train our athletes and even train like referees and also people were interested in becoming coaches. Yeah.
0: And, and I'd had discussions with them about, you know, if the ice rink does open, it is a lot less expensive to get a couple of coaches to fly over to Nairobi and stay for a couple of weeks than it is to take a 10 member team and fly them to Canada to train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, that, that, that is an option. And a number of, of folks I've, that know I'm I'm involved with the the Canyon Curling Federation is like, you know, I could go and volunteer for a couple of weeks and then go on a safari maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. <welcome. laughs> They're welcome.
4: They're welcome. They'll enjoy.
0: And, and and I'm already I'm I'm already for the first uh, for the first Bonspiel over there to uh, to put together a uh, a whole contingent to to go and play play on the play on their ice and then go see some animals. <laughs>
1: If you're looking for a coach, Jonathan is in England. He can very easily <laughs> very easily come down there.
2: You're welcome. Oh yeah, I'd love to go to Kenya. yeah yeah. Uh.
1: So what's what's next for the Kenyan Curling Federation? What, how can people reach out to help you guys? And Wendy, you, you know you'll be there in, in New Jersey uh, through the next couple of weeks. When do you think you'll be able to get on the ice next after that?
4: uh we will get twice. maybe uh we have plans with mr dean uh but their club is closing down their club doesn't run like all year long Mm -hmm. so the the club will close end of april and open again in october so even mr dean would want to help us more but now their clubs are closing so even if he wants to help and get training somewhere he'll have to involve other people Maybe he's going to be very far from his house that he can't manage to drive us, pick us all the time. So there are logistics that he's trying to to see if they're going to work because we also don't want to bog him down with the money because right now we are here he cannot stay at work. He has to drop us pick us, take us coach us, coordinate do many things. So it's a one month of many, many uh, hectic problems. So in um uh according if how oh, you can reach us, Mr. Dean has also organised some go find me something so that where you can also donate for us something so that we can get us to the pan continental. If you have Mr. you can always reach out to Mr. Dean if somebody yeah. wants to support.
0: This thing came on very, very quickly. <laughs> I think our first contact was in November. Yeah, yeah you know,
4: late uh, november yeah
0: the first contact was in late november and uh now it's the end of end of january and they're here uh i did throw up a, a gofundme page uh very quickly to just see what support i could get mostly to buy him shoes mm-hmm. uh and i have been incredibly in, incredibly amazed at the level of support that the curling community and even people outside the curling community have had uh my wife has been uh very accommodating to my harebrained schemes and and <laughs> the projects, uh, and she's really taken to being the the uh, social media voice of this whole project. Yeah, and so you you can see having gone on Facebook Live during some of the training sessions and posting videos and posting photos, uh, we've been getting followers all over the curling world and 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 beyond. Um, the folks at the Plainfield Curling Club who've been involved in the skills training for our club and in coaching at the juniors and, and uh, competitive levels have come out and support because I'm a really good administrator. I'm an OK curler. And, I'm, you know, as a coach, I'm a very academic coach. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to fix somebody's slide. I'm not going to be able to really get people to bear down on the broom with with sweeping but Ivo Petrov can fix your slide and Dean Gemmel could teach you how to sweep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he can.
0: Um, and <laughs> so into that mix, people like Bill Nichol and Don Arsenault and, uh, the, the other, the other folks around the club who, who have trained up people, uh, for nationals and for juniors, uh, Mark Mooney is involved as well. And, you know, this is the thing that, that has become a community effort. And although I'm running point on it, uh, there's no way that I could make this happen without all of them.
2: I mean, I guess, how do, how can people contact you is the kind of obvious question. And also are there ways uh, through the GoFundMe page or other ways that they could support the Kenyan Curling Federation?
0: Well, to contact me, uh, curlnyc at gmail.com is my email. Um, to contact, uh, the Kenya Curling Federation, uh, going through their Facebook page is, is probably the, uh, the easiest way. Um, The GoFundMe page is up for direct cash donations. Um, There are some logistical issues for donating non-cash items, but uh, the Federation has brooms and stones, um, but not stabilizers, not not step-on sliders, not shoes, not uniforms. Uh, But those things will all need to be delivered in Nairobi. Um, So anybody who wants to support anything in any way, I think the best way is to reach out Either through their Facebook page or my email, and we'll figure out how to make it happen. Uh, Ideally, somebody is a corporate executive with a business that does, uh, with a company that does business in both the United States and Kenya, and they'd say, Yes, we want our logo on your uniforms, and here's a pot of money to make it all happen. Um, That would be ideal um, because the Kenyan Curling Federation does have a budget, but they have a budget for training in Kenya and sending the team to international competitions, not for taking large groups of people out and training them off, out, out of country. All
1: right. So, Lavinter and Zuma, do you have any parting words for, for anyone listening, any final thoughts that you want to give?
3: Uh, what I can say, uh, I think we have covered the most. Um, I can just say thanks to everyone to, uh who is involved in this media people like you Dean and the wife they have been so amazing so I can just say uh this is a journey to everyone uh and uh it's uh, it's uh, it's something that we we involve over all of us so I can just say anyone who feels like a uh, support or uh want to see this journey successful or, help also encourage mr dean to, to continue doing it and uh, much being appreciative so i can just say thanks to everyone and uh let the journey continue
4: yeah thanks very much thanks to the all Culling family mr dean and uh, grace the wife grace is amazing you see without grace would have not been here <laughs> because grace is the manager She's the real administrator behind Mr. Dean. So we are grateful and uh, we are looking forward and Mr. Dean continue supporting more people. We want to ask, uh, uh, I know many people want to be supported, but we are kindly, humbly requesting for any well-wish outside there to hold our hands just like Mr. Dean has hold our hands. That we can continue walking this journey. We don't have to fall again. We have been trained for one month. Again, we go and see to Kenya another one year. Are we really heading somewhere? So we'll still be asking for anybody that would wish to donate anything. Like you've been told, Mr. Odin gave us shoes to play, but the other people that doesn't have shoes, that has have uniform, uh, we got brooms that we were donated with the World Culling Federation and everything. But we need funds to get us to Pan Continental or to Canada. So, and just like I've just started this thing barehand, I cannot do it alone without all of the Culling family. So, I'm requesting anybody out there with anything, let them not be ashamed with anything they have, to please help Kenya get to Pan Continental. To play our championship, our first championship. That is where we are targeting. We still not sure if the Canada will happen, but if it happens, we pray and request for support.
0: Actually, uh, one of the reasons that they're focused on the U.S. and Canada as opposed to going and training in Europe uh, is that transportation and visa issues uh, are easier here than with many of the European countries for for uh, for Kenyan uh, tourism and sport visas.
1: Well, Dean Leventer, Zuma, thank you so much for joining us today. Good luck to you guys. Uh, please have have fun because that's that's really what curling is all about. I know that you're you're serious competitors, uh, and you you can't wait to compete internationally. But first and foremost, uh, have fun. And it sounds like you guys are having fun doing it. So, I look forward to the day that I can see Kenya play Nigeria in either a mixed doubles or a Pan Continental. very soon can't wait to see it but uh thank you again and good luck
4: thank you thank Thank you. you very much for your time also taking your time to cover our story thank you very much for walking this journey with us may god bless you
1: thank you for listening to rocks across the pond a curling podcast if you enjoyed this show we ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us Your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game. You can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.